0: In the spirit of reconciliation, ACER acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. ACER acknowledges the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who continue to contribute to our work to improve learning, education and research. Welcome to Field Notes, a podcast by the Australian Council for Educational Research that explores the impact of research-informed initiatives in the classroom. In today's episode, our education consultant Mark Crouch speaks with Darren Leach, Head of Learning at Marist College, Canberra, about how diagnostic data can be used to identify gaps in students' learning and support teachers in developing targeted intervention strategies. As Darren discusses, the need for effective targeted intervention has only become more pressing, as educators continue to respond to the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic and remote learning. The diagnostic data Darren refers to in this discussion were derived by assessing students with PAT Maths and PAT Reading, two progressive achievement tests developed and provided by the Australian Council for Educational Research. Without further delay, let's jump into that discussion.
1: Welcome, Darren, and with great pleasure, uh, I'd like to hand it over to you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark, and uh,
2: yeah, thank you uh, to everyone listening. Look, Mark, this started back in uh, 2021 during a COVID lockdown. We were looking at uh, some results in mathematics, and what we have here at Marist is we have a student support program. So there's a triangulation of data, uh, drop in GPA. Uh, There is also their course scores and any of the diagnostic data and learning engagement data that we've got on the kids. If there's been a drop, that flags them for what's known as our student support program. Now, in 2021, when I was uh, speaking to our head of data here, Grant Barclay, uh, there was a student that had popped up and uh, diagnostically he was travelling along okay uh, and he was making his years growth. Uh, He'd gone from a B to a D. And so what we did was we then started to investigate why this happened. What we found when we back, we went back through our PAP data. um, We'd had the boy from year four, he was currently in year eight. And when we went back through the PAP data, we realized that there was an issue in regards to um, fractions and algebra. And so that was the area that we needed to target. And that started the dialogue between Grant and I on okay, we've got these kids on pat, we're seeing that they've got deficits in certain areas, but what are we doing year to year to fix those deficits? And that then started to look at, you know, the student support program, they go to the support program, they get help with some of the current material, but what about the historical deficits that they've picked up along the way? And that really drove home uh, this idea of a targeted intervention model where we're looking at deficits that kids have got across all the domains of the PAT data that we test on and then implementing targeted interventions and targeted teaching strategies within our classes. What we did with that was we, we started to talk to um, a maths specialist uh, who was a, uh, a new graduate teacher but in the maths area. We started to talk to him about how we could put together a program as a targeted intervention program. And so beginning at the start of last year, we started a a mathematics targeted intervention program with 27 students in year seven and eight, and from all different abilities on add too. So students that were up the top ends, in the middle, and then down the lower end of our group, of our cohort. The reason why we picked from different areas is that Doesn't matter which the kid, they all have some type of deficit in some area that we needed to fill to then continue to then move them along. So we started a program where we were looking at uh, this targeted intervention. Um, It was one afternoon a week, and it was amazing to see the attendance. You know, like the boys were up in, you know, from about 88 to, you know, high 90s in regards to attendance. And so that was the start of our mathematics program.
0: The high attendance achieved is a testament to the success of Maris College Canberra's maths intervention programs, and demonstrates how targeted intervention, properly informed by effective use of diagnostic data, can help encourage students to begin to address the deficits in their understanding of maths. But what about reading? The importance of reading for primary and secondary students is well documented, with international studies linking positive reading habits to better outcomes not only in later education, but also general well-being. Considering also the tendencies for boys to enjoy reading less than girls, how does a boys' school like Maris College, Canberra, use diagnostic data to overcome this gender reading gap?
2: The thinking behind that mathematics program is what led to me uh, looking at a, re- a reading program. Now, reading is one of those key skills uh, within boys that they sort of shy away from, and. As we know from the research, if you can target reading and get kids engaged and keen on reading, their literacy level rise. And so my aim was um, I was taking one of the house groups at the time. Um, so we have eight houses here at Morris. I was taking one of those houses and I was teaching them for religious education. And what I did was I built a reading program into the assessment. And so the boys were required to uh, read every day That they had me. And what I found is that after a period of time, they were reading every day anyway. Every week, they were required to reflect on what they were reading. But what I would do is when I was marking their reading, I would be giving them guiding questions that were based on the deficits from their PAT data. And so I pulled out all of their PAT data at the very beginning, and I put it all together and I started to look at um, where were the main areas of deficit for that class and really looked at it as a targeted teaching strategy. And so with, the, with the, the, the histogram that I had, I started to target the top areas where the majority of students had deficits in class, as well as in the feedback that I was giving for the reading program. Now, what we did was every five weeks, um, we would visit the library. The librarian would then take us through a lesson where she would introduce new titles to the students. What I was amazed to see over the course of the year is that every time we went to the library, when the librarian asked the students who would like to borrow this, more and more hands shot up. And so for one book, you might have 10 to 15 kids with an arm in the air that wanted to borrow that book. The good thing was that, you know, the librarian said, oh, this is fantastic. You can go over and put your name down on a borrowing list and you can then then wait until it comes up. When it comes in, we'll give you an email and then you can come and borrow the book. Now, even one of my reluctant readers, I was amazed at um, a really lovely story. One of my reluctant readers, he ended up uh, getting a book one day and he was so keen to come and see me in my office and say, sir, the book that I had on request, it's come through, I've got it now. He was a keen basketball player. And he ended up getting getting a book on basketball that he put his name down for. So what I then did towards the latter part of the year, so in semester two, when we would visit the library, I would, based on the ability of the students on their diagnostic data from the PAT test, I would really start to target different books for for different kids. So in regards to the extension, I had five boys up the top end from Sennine 8 and 9 that I would really target with different texts. Now, they were in Year 7, but they were reading books like To Kill a Mockingbird, 1984, Animal Farm, like really high-end books that we would usually reserve for kids in Year 10, 11, and 12. But their ability based on the diagnostic data said that they could cope with this. So that's what we did. We started to introduce these kids into some classics some of the reflections that came through in the reading journals from that top end were quite remarkable. So the aim of the program um, was really to get kids engaged in reading. Where I started to change and evolve the program towards the end of the year was to getting, getting them to read across genres. So they might have had their fantasy genre, which was their go-to, But what I tried to do was I tried to get them more engaged in other genres and trying things that they might not necessarily try. And so we had the 13 different areas that the librarian broke up in and then we tried to encourage boys to go into these different areas. As the program um, has evolved, the way that it's going to work this year in 2023 is that the head of English is now keen um, to take this on board and so every student within year seven this year will be doing the reading program within their English class We have it set up as a small part of the assessment. They have to do the reading journal and we've got it uh, we've got a, a table at the front of the reading journal now to map the books from the different genres, so that we can see that if they're just reading from one genre which they really like, we can, we can then as a teacher go and encourage them to read outside of that. And you never know, they may, they may end up finding another genre that they really like. Um, so, look, the, the results when we sat the age and stage pat at the end of the year, my house was the house that it was done with. The other seven houses then became that control group. And it was amazing the results that showed that... Like the house that I was um, leading the program with, were was heaps of scaled marks ahead of the others on an average improvement, um, and it showed that targeting deficits uh, is the way to go. And it's one of those areas that we're really keen and maris longitudinally to keep going and looking at how we can continue to evolve our programs, um, how we can make them better, but also how we use PAT data and how we can continue to drill into the pat and use that as the, the catalyst to change our teaching.
0: Through effective analysis of his class's PAT data, Darren was able to determine the skills and knowledge in which a majority of students needed support, enabling him to target them specifically in class. However, he was also able to identify which students were excelling in their reading and ensure they were adequately challenged.
1: Darren, that, that sounds absolutely... It, it's fantastic, but it's also encouraging um you, you've really highlighted uh, the one that I like the most, which is hook in. How do we hook our kids in? And especially when you're talking about young boys, young men who are not so keen as, as readers, but the ability to find that catch in the school, what's going to hook them in to be able to say, look, I want to go to the library, which you've now pointed out as being one of the major strategy that you've got to use the resources within your own school which all schools certainly do have. And also how you're bringing on board the staff across your school. Just to, just to finish off, could, could you explain the impact of what has happened in terms of this catalyst, uh, between the reading, the maths and the, and the work that you've done in supporting students? What, what's been in the impact on your teachers? Look, the, the impact
2: on teachers has been and the small group that we've been working with. So at the moment, 2022 was really a pilot for this program. So we had small areas. So we, we were working in the junior school. Uh, there was myself and a colleague working in mathematics. Um, I was working in that reading area. Um, and then we were also looking at teaching and learning support and working in that area of teaching and learning support. What we found is that the results that came through at the end of last year from the different programs that were running showed that it, was, that it was working. And I feel that more and more teachers are finding out what we're doing. So, for example, the reading program is now going to be across all Year 7 classes. And we've got the buy-in from the head of faculty, we've got the buy-in from the teachers that are going to be running Year 7. So, there's, it's increasing the excitement from last year And we're finding that that excitement is coming out in the teachers this year. So they're really keen in their domains to then focus that little bit further. How can we evolve this program more? How can we look at some of the areas that we did last year? And it was funny that the colleague that I was working with, in Maths and I, we looked at where we started, then we looked at the research that we started to unpack through the year, and then where it was at the very end. It was quite exciting to see like what we had done at the very beginning and how the research said that that probably wasn't necessarily a really good step to go down, and how we changed the program as we went along. And the product that we got at the end was like, yes, this is the way that we want to run it in the future. So we tried a number of things. Some things didn't work, but we felt that by the end, we actually had a a program that was really good. Like another thing in regards to, you spoke about hook. Another thing in regards to the reading program that I found worked, and that the kids had to see me as a reader. They had to see me as somebody valuing reading and that's what I did. So I used to ask the boys uh, to give me recommendations of books that they had read. I would then go to the library, I would borrow the book, I would then read it and I was then able to come back into the class and hold it up and say, got this recommendation from students such and such, it was fantastic. I would really recommend that you guys go and read this book because of these reasons. That, that then shows them that I'm a learner as well. Like, I value that learning process. It's not just me up the, the, the front of the classroom as the teacher, but I'm also one of those lifelong learners, also someone that's keen on that area that we're focused on. Um, so I find that those things were really good. But in regards to the teachers, the, the teachers seem to be really keen and energetic. The program this year has moved out. We've got more people that have come into the tent, more people that are keen to run and work with what we've got, Um, And that's very exciting. It's very exciting to see where it's going.
1: That cycle of inquiry that you've just expressed, uh, uh, Darren, is uh, something not just that's happening at Marist College, Canberra, but can happen at any school. Taking, Taking up an action research, taking up the time to target teaching, in essence, to be able to actually share with teachers and model with teachers, not just model with students, good practice. Thank you once again.
2: Thank you Mark. and thank you for all the work that ACE has done in supporting
0: us. Thank you again to Darren Leach and Marist College Canberra for being so generous with your time. Field Notes is a podcast from ACER, the Australian Council for Educational Research. If you would like more information about how PAT can be used at your school, please visit ACER.org forward slash pat or contact our school support team by emailing school.support at acer.org. To organize a chat about your school's assessment needs. Thank you very much for listening to our very first episode, and we'll be back to share more best practice very soon.